Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello and welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey, your host, and joining me our co-host, Mel McIsaac. Mel, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you doing, Davey? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. Great. And let me tell you why I'm doing fantastic. Tell me why. Because just recently I introduced my kids to Barnes and Noble. <gasps> just recently? Just recently. It was You know why I love Barnes and Noble? It's like the new Toys R Us. Have you seen their toy section? It is so on point. That's what you love about it? Because that's what I absolutely despise about it. Well, that's what my kids love about it. That and Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, it's got tons of great books too. That's added perk. No, let me tell you why I despise this is because while we were at Barnes and Noble, and I'm glad you mentioned this because I didn't really, th- I was thinking about it and I was fuming over it, but I was like, but I've never articulated this to anybody. So now here's my chance to go on this little bit of a, a rant. Okay. I'm taking my kids to Barnes and Noble, trying to foster and cultivate this like literary, you know, desire in their hearts. And I tell them like both, hey, you guys can both go pick out a book. Um, and 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 I kind of browse some of the bookshelves that are close and I walk back over and they're both playing with toys. <laughs> uh, I've like, been we, there. We are not been there. here to play with toys. I'm trying to be, make you a, a literary genius over here. You know, I want you to appreciate... Which in and of itself is commendable, but there's so many good, there's like science experiments. That's how I look at it. (laughs) Oh, that's it. Science experiments. That's, that's good. At least there's a redemption, a redeeming quality in that one right there. Well, when when we were on the way to Barnes and Noble, I go, guys, well, actually it was not when we were on, we were, we were about to leave for Barnes and Noble. I'd already surmised in my mind, I was going to take them on a field trip. And so I was like, we're at the house and we're like, guys, let's go to Barnes and Noble. And Weston goes, he like perks up like, oh, yeah. And then he goes, is that like a taco place? <laughs> that is so funny. How have like, you not taken them earlier? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm a terrible father and I need, to, I need to repent of not taking them into. Now, I've taken them to the library, but not Barnes & Noble. So I guess they just okay. didn't understand. They knew what the concept was once they walked in. The reason we went is because we ju- I just started reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. From the Chronicles oh, of Narnia nice. to them, and it was a, a little bit of a test. I have a a friend um, who's a pastor who has kids that are kind of our our kids' age, and he told me that he started reading it to them, and his um, five year old was just like ecstatic about it. She knew all the allegorical symbolism of it that Aslan really? represented Jesus, and she was telling me all this, and I was like, "Wait a minute, our kids are behind right now. Like we're gonna have to get them." <laughs> Indoctrinated so are they here. enjoying it? Yeah. So then I tested it out while we were on that three-week ministry retreat. Every night, I would read a chapter from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and they loved it. They're like, we got to read about this and find out what happens to Lucy and Tumnus. And it's awesome. Wow. So, oh, that is so sweet. I love that. I know. So I'm so excited. We just finished the part where Aslan was sacrificed himself or like was, you know, obviously like sacrificed on behalf of Edmund and, you know, symbolizing Jesus on the cross. It was so, so powerful. And my kids were like, like Natalia was like almost tearing up. I'm like, this is amazing. This is teaching them the gospel. It's so good. Well, that is, that's so beautiful. Well, I'm glad that you're teaching your kids the gospel because we're currently reading Peter Pan right now. And my couch is 
continuously the Jolly Roger. <laughs> and the kids are like, oh, hoy. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, yeah. there's got to be gospel threads in the Peter Pan too, right? I'm sure. I'm At, sure. Off the top of my head, I can't figure out what. I don't want, well, Neverland. You were created for Neverland. Right. Okay. There you it's go. It's like heaven. We were not created. Come on. Let's. I'll pass that one on. Boom. <laughs> hey, I thought you know. Speaking of, I, I'd love. I'm curious. I'd love to find out for from you what were some of your favorite children's books growing up. Oh man. Well, I loved Beatrix Potter. Ooh, those were good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a common book that we read in our family. Not to um, be confused with Harry Potter. No. No. Yeah. You know, I was I kind of was a little bit older whenever Harry Potter came yeah. out, but my brother loves Harry Potter, and I remember he would just stay in his room for days and just read through all of the books, but I never <laughs> did. I was like, I'll just wait for the movies. But now I want to go back and read the books. It's true. They're really good. And that has a lot of gospel undertones in it, too. Oh, yeah, remember for the sure. Christian, the Christian world was like anti-Harry Potter, right? They're like protesting the whole thing because it's witchcraft and sorcery and all this. And I'm like, guys... The whole series screams the gospel. It's like, yes. and it wasn't intended that way, I'm sure, but it's like, here's this guy, the chosen one that like dies and is resurrected. Like everybody, it's it's written in the thread of everything. Everybody wants a yep. savior, right? Exactly. Man. Exactly. All right, more. Come on. Let's hear these children's okay, books. Okay. Um, this one's embarrassing, Davey, but I'm going to say it. I read every single Babysitter's Club and- Love it. Yeah. Love it. The Babysitter's Club. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know why I did that, but I did. Totally I loved it. Totally remember those. The Boxcar Children. Remember those? Yes. Yeah. And Nancy Drew. Oh, oh. No. You just like spoke to my heart. Not with Nancy Drew, but the counterpart, the Hardy Boys. Oh, yeah. The Hardy Boys were my... Can I say they were my jam? Is that like you totally can. out of date? Can I say that? No, you can say it's my jam. I was reading my, that's like one of my first chapter books I ever read. It was like the Hardy Boys. I remember when I was in kindergarten getting uh, the first one for Christmas. Oh, Loved it. That's so fun. Yeah. Well, we, uh, and we did it all. It was like, I, I read the Little House on the Prairie, all that series. So how do you think that's made you... How, do you feel like it's made you a better husband and father? Because I think I'm going to start reading that to my kids pretty soon. <laughs> a better husband and father because I can, I don't know how in the world it may be. <laughs> you know how can, to I can live relate. life on the frontier. That's it. That's it. I know how to live life on the frontier. I know how difficult uh, life was. And what's the main character, the girl's name in Little House on the Prairie? Laura. What's, Laura. Yes. Laura Ingalls Wilder. That's right. The author, yep. of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I loved that. I loved that series. It was really good. So good. Okay. There were some like um, Christian like fantasy books too that I read that were like kids. It was like, like uh, oh man, I can't remember the name of the author. Gil Gilbert Morris or something like that. I don't remember, but they were like these really cool, almost end times, like post-apocalyptic Christian books. Oh, It's like these kids woke up and they had like, like the world was ju had just like been it ended and they're all like uh, it was awesome and I don't remember what it was but I just remember like soaking that series up. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. So what can I ask? Like, what are other books that you read to your kids? Ah, oh, a good question. So Weston is obsessed with Spider Man right now. So we have a whole like picture book, car like comic um, narrative storyline book of Spider Man. He loves superheroes, so he loves... Okay. Um, they love Pete the Cat. Okay. Have you ever heard of Pete the Cat? I've heard of him. We haven't read him. They love Pete the Cat. 
Um, Natalia loves princesses, so all things princesses, obviously. Um, I'll tell you this, the Bible app for kids Bible. Have you heard okay. of this? I, th- I think so. What's the, is it a yellow icon app? I don't remember what color the icon app is, but they do have, it's like the Bible app for okay. kids. They have it on, okay. and it's like interactive. And so it, it tells the story of the Bible, right, to these kid to the kids on their level. And it's incredible. And then they have a Bible, mm-hmm. like an actual physical Bible that goes along with it. And we read that every night. Um, mm-hmm. They love it. Okay. So, That's so fun. Definitely a, um, a must. Okay. Definitely a go-to for, for homes if you're looking for a good Bible for preschoolers. We are, we're big uh, Jesus Storybook Bible fans over nice. here. Nice. Th- that so one is really good. Trends. Yeah. That one is really good. That's awesome. All right. Any other good children's books that you remember? You know, I, I'm trying to think. I think that it was Amelia Bedelia yeah. uh, when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure I read, that sounds vaguely familiar totally. to me. Amelia Bedelia. Love it. So good. Well, the reason that I bring that question up is because our guest today is Johnny Erickson Tata. Say what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just saw your face. I know. I just saw your face. I know. Believe me, I was fangirling like crazy when we... Inter- Actually, I was speechless when we interviewed her. Like, really? I'm sure it's going to... I'm sure you're going to feel it on the... Pod. Like, it's like Davey, the man of many words, like, he doesn't shut up. And he... I was literally... Spe- I did not know what to ask her. Oh, man. She is a hero of the faith. A major hero of the faith. And the reason that I bring up this idea of children's stories is because the first time I was exposed to her story, I had to have been seven or eight. And I had a series um, of books with like uh, Dave Jervecki and like some other, you know, just like heroes of the faith. Dave Jervecki is like the the left-handed pitcher for the giants that like had cancer in his arm, like snapped his okay. arm and he threw it. And Thank you for explaining because I had no yes, idea who you were sorry. talking about. Which uh, side note, we went, in college and listened to Dave Dravecki speak, he ended up having his left arm amputated. Maybe it wasn't his left, maybe it was right. I don't remember which Mm -hmm. one, but he was a pitcher that he has arm amputated because he had cancer. And he told a joke in this, uh, this like, you know, message that he preached at this thing where he was like telling this, (laughs) he was telling the story about how he went fishing and he was like, I'm telling you, I caught this fish and it was this big. And he holds out one arm (laughs) (laughs) and like the whole room we're going like, (laughs) <laughs> can, can we laugh? Can, can we, we laugh at this, right? It was it was so funny. Um, Dave Dravecki was one of those stories, but Johnny Erickson Tata was another one of those stories. I read her story and I was so inspired mm-hmm. by it. I was like, oh my gosh, this woman of faith and her story. And Mel, I'll tell you this. When we started the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, I wrote a dream list of people that I was like, there's no way ever, you know, that these people would ever be on our podcast. But if they're, if I could... Just have a dream list of people I'd want to interview. Johnny Erickson Tata was the first one on the list. No way. I was like, there's no way we'd ever be able to get in touch with her. Boom. So I mean, like the Lord just providentially got, you know, put us in touch with her and it oh, just... That, that's incredible. Yeah. So unbelievable interview with her. Like you guys need to get your journals out and and just furiously write notes because she doesn't stop. I mean, she's just stringing from a fire hydrant and... <laughs> And you might want to go back and rewind it several times because it's awesome. It's awesome. Okay. 
Good to know. So, um, Well, Davey, before we jump into Johnny's interview, if you guys wouldn't mind hopping on Instagram real quick and following us, then you can uh, be up to date on what we're up to, different quotes, um, book giveaways, all that good stuff. And um, if you want, you can head over to iTunes and rate and review us. We love to hear just how this ministry has blessed you, but also when you rate us, it helps other people find us yeah. and hear these amazing stories like Johnny's. Yes. Um, yeah. And if you also have a story, if God has done something big and beautiful and amazing in your life, we want to know. So email us at hello at nothingiswasted.com mm-hmm. and we, um, we can't wait to hear from you. So yeah. let's dive into Johnny's interview. Johnny, thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's great to have you. Oh, absolutely, Davey. And, uh, you know, when I went on your website and read your story, your family story, and I thought, wow, here's a guy that I would love to talk with. <laughs> so here we are. Well, I know we don't have a lot of time, but we will definitely, let's have a conversation. And if you will, would you just start out, because I know we probably have a lot of listeners who don't, maybe don't know your story or are familiar with your story. We have a lot that I'm sure that are. Um, but would you just kind of go back and tell us a little bit about your story and, um, and, and kind of what I would say catapulted you into so many of us just, just into, into the, the, the world's limelight, but most importantly, the kingdom of God and how you're, how you're making an impact through that. Tell us what, what happened so many years ago. Well, it was 52 years ago that I was a reckless teenager and I took a stupid dive into mm-hmm. shallow water it crushed my neck and severed my spinal cord, leaving me a quadriplegic, uh, despairing and depressed. But it was Christian friends who uh, really rallied around me. And even though I begged them to give me their mother's sleeping pills or their put me out of my misery with uh, their father's razors, wow. they didn't. They loved me. They connected with me. They kept me out of social isolation. They ascribed, ascribed positive meaning to my pain. They they just loved on me. They became the gospel to me. Wow. And uh, it was it was the healing effect of Christian community plus the grabbing hold for dear life of God's word. That that was the biggest deal. But you know, fifty year fifty two years have passed. And um I'm aging and chronic pain is a daily uh reminder of my vulnerability. Mm. I had a battle with stage three cancer in 2010, and, and it's back. Wow. <laughs> I'm battling cancer again uh, this year and uh, in the middle of radiation, even as we speak. So um, a lot of hardships, a lot of trials, a lot of challenges. Yeah. But, you know, you know, you know, God is good. And I, I hope somewhere in this little podcast, we talk about why I think God is good. Yeah, we are absolutely you know? going to talk about that because I don't think we can have a legend like Johnny Erickson Tata on the podcast without saying, okay, what do you believe about God and how does, how does this work? But I want to talk a little bit about the immediate after that accident. You even referenced already just this desire to just to not live anymore and even convincing your friends. Talk a, a little bit about some of those moments and what it, what it felt like, because I think we have so many listeners who find themselves in that place and God intercepts them providentially with this podcast. Speak, um, speak some hope into that and, and maybe empathize with where they're at. Um, well, how did you feel in, that, in those moments? Well, I just bet I'm speaking to some people who are listening and they would understand. I just wanted to disappear. Mm. I, I just wanted to disappear. I, I couldn't, couldn't imagine what it would be like to, I couldn't imagine living with 
hands that don't work and feet that don't walk and somebody wiping my nose and my backside and doing my bowel routines and bathing me and getting me dressed and sitting me up in a wheelchair. And it's like, oh, it's like, oh, God, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. But somewhere, I just became so overwhelmed by the despair and the depression. I became so claustrophobic with the hopelessness. Somehow in the middle of the night, in a panic, I breathed, oh God, I can't live like this, but please, if I'm not going to die, show me how to live. I don't know how to live. Show me how to do it. Mm. And Davey, uh, I don't know if it was the next morning or maybe a couple of mornings afterward, I woke up saying... I can't do quadriplegia, but I can do all things through you, Christ, mm. if you would put strength in me. And he did, David, he did. And and I think that speaks to maybe some people who are listening. You just don't know how in God's name you're going to breathe the next breath. You don't know how you're going to take the next step. Yeah. But And you can't. It's, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Mm. And I think my my quadriplegia, my chronic pain, my, my cancer is a daily, 24-hour, moment-by-moment reminder of how needy, how desperately needy I am of the Lord Jesus. And that's a good thing. That's, wow. That is a good thing. It's made, it's made my purpose for living and my desire to live and my intimacy with the Lord Jesus so much more vibrant, yeah. real, near, dear, sweet, poignant, you name it. I'm feeling it wow. because uh, I've just fallen in love with Jesus from needing him so much. Hmm. Man, I love that, that, just the concept of the intimacy with Jesus because I feel like I'm having conversations with people a lot and they're asking me, how, do, how did you walk through this? And one of the things I keep trying to point people to, which I would love to hear some comments on this from you, is the the ministry of the Holy Spirit, what Jesus does for you that nobody else can. And I know that you just referenced that there was some great Christian community around you, and we can certainly talk about that in a second. But talk to me about the ministry of the Holy Spirit while you were walking through this that, that gave you a peace and a perseverance through it. Well, I, I, I think what I have gained uh, most by the Holy Spirit is knowing and experiencing and believing that he lives in me. I've got the God of the universe living in me. Mm-hmm. This means I'm not alone. This means I cannot, it is impossible for him to forsake me. He is living in me. He's residing inside of me. He is experiencing, he is feeling, he is, he is, he knows what the overwhelming feelings feel like. I've got a companion. I've got a wonderful counselor who knows exactly what I'm experiencing, tested and tempted and tried yeah. in every way like me. Mm-hmm. And and this means that his enablement, the Holy Spirit's enablement and his power, this spirit of Jesus, as I like to call the Holy Spirit, I like the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus, right. the spirit of Jesus. <laughs> you know, talk to my talk to my downcast soul. Mm. Why in the world are you so downcast soul? You got the Holy Spirit living right next to you. You, mm. you, you. you need to shape up and listen to him. And then I go to God's word and the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus just makes, makes God's word real. Like I got to tell you this real quick. Uh, the other day I was driving to work and I was so overwhelmed by pain and my husband was driving. I was in the front back seat in my wheelchair, uh, you know, tied down in the van and and I almost told him to get off the freeway and take me home at the next exit because I was so much in pain. Mm. And right away, this Bible verse, the Holy Spirit gave me this Bible verse, Psalm 119, verse 50. Uh, my comfort in suffering is this. Your promises renew my life. And I said out loud, 
Spirit of Jesus, I'm going to hold you to your promises. <laughs> I'm going to start recounting them, and I know that you're going to be good on them. Yeah. And so, you know what? You, you, you promised me that, that, that you are my ever-present help in trouble. Yeah. You promised me that your grace is sufficient. You promised you will never leave me or forsake me. You promised you will complete that good work that you began in me a long time ago when I first believed. That's I right. kept recounting promise after promise after promise. And by the time I got to the headquarters of Johnny and Friends where I work, my pain was still bad, <laughs> but my attitude and my perspective on the day mm was totally changed, totally transformed. And I went through the front doors happy. Only the Spirit of Jesus can do that. That's right. But I think it's because he led me to his word, and I, I, I acted on his word. I believed his word. I ate his word. I wow. consumed it and, it, and it began to invigorate my heart and my attitude well. Wow. What a great God we've got. That's it. Wow. So good. You, you, you have encountered more pain than probably... Uh, <laughs> Very few people are going to walk through the kind of pain and hardship that you've walked through, and um, and yet you you believe God is good. Still, can you can you tell me why? What is it? I mean, the, I know we can talk about theology of suffering, but you're you're living a life of it, and yet it, it's holding true what you know to be true. Your theology is holding true. Why why do you believe God is still good in all of this? Well, for one thing, Scripture tells us He's good, and it also tells us that He will only do us good, mm. that He will not do us harm. Jeremiah thirty-two forty-one, God says He's going to do good to His people with all His heart. Uh, Psalm 84, verse 11, uh, no good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Yeah. And I think the verse that all of us know, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, where God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans not to harm you, yeah. but to help you and to give you hope and a future. And baby, when, when word got out that I was battling cancer again, yeah. I got so many emails from people who said, Johnny, I'm sorry, but to me, from my perspective, it looks like God is doing you more harm than mm. good. I mean, you, you got your former battle with cancer, you got your quadriplegia, you got pain, yeah. now this new cancer, what gives? But... I think we need to understand what God means by good, because God is always more interested in the well-being of our soul mm. than he is our body. <laughs> and so, yes, harm might come to our body. Harm might come to our heart. Harm might come to our, our minds, but, but not to our souls if we would but trust in him. Wow. So God does only good toward us, and that means my faith is deeper. My wisdom is more seasoned. My testimony is validated and proved. My peace is more profound. My soul is more settled. My trust is ironclad. And best of all, uh, I think about the story of Joseph where he said to his wicked brothers, you meant it for evil, but God intended it for good. Mm. Now get this, for the saving of many lives. That's right. Yeah. Harm might come to our bodies, but that becomes the platform that convinces skeptics and cynics that, oh my goodness, you know, this person's God must be pretty awesome for him to hold on to that God yeah. through what he's going through. Davey, wow. that's your story right there. Yeah. I mean, people look at you, skeptics and cynics, and they look at what you went through and they see what you're doing. Yeah. And in Indianapolis downtown and that thing, oh my goodness, this guy's God must be pretty amazing. I better mm. find out who he is. So that that's the good that God has in mind. That 
and there's no harm in that at all, is there? <laughs> no, not at all. And that's it. It's this, this present suffering is far outweighed by the future glory that he's producing in us and that he's going to produce through us and that he's producing for us. You know, I think that's what's so great about that though our bodies are wasting away, we're being renewed day by day and he's preparing us for, for heaven. He's preparing us to be with him. Man, I love that. I love that. Absolutely. Not, and I don't want to miss an opportunity to have my soul stretched yeah. for heaven. I mean, we each have, we each are going to have capacities in heaven and those capacities as Jonathan Edwards spoke of are are uh, vessels uh, of different sizes mm. through which we will be able to praise and worship and serve God forever. And some so- some of us might have a a vessel the size of a thimble. Others may be a bathtub. Some may be a tanker truck. Billy Graham probably an ocean liner size capacity <laughs> for worship and service in heaven. Yeah. And ev- everything we do down here on earth has a direct bearing on our capacity to praise, worship, serve God, enjoy Him forever. And I don't want to miss out on the opportunity, so I ain't going to waste my suffering. I don't think you are either. That's great. And I hope our listeners aren't either, because these, these, as you just put it, these you know, transitory troubles are right. achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Far outweighs, yeah. And I don't think we'll really appreciate that until heaven. That's so good. What would you say some of the most important and instrumental relationships have been for you along the journey? Because we have a lot of listeners who maybe they're not encountering suffering personally, you know, is certainly not to this degree, but they have friends that are, and they're recommending this podcast to their friends, but what kind of role can they play in the lives of their friends? Cause it sounds like there were some, some majorly providential relationships in your life that helped you stay the course. I think, um, oh my goodness. I, I think the people who influenced me the most were the people who listened, mm. the people who involved me in their lives, the people who, um, just, like I said, those Christians earlier, they loved on me, they cared about me. And and that instructed me a great deal about the kinds of people who have, who impact me now. I think those who who helped me the most stay the course are those who uh who who are suffering and yet persevering. They are sharing their discouragements, they're telling me when they're depressed, mm. they're calling me up for prayer. Can you help me through this? But I you know and and I, I do because I, I know that uh, that I can call them up and say, hey, I'm having a rotten day. Would hmm. you please pray for me? Yeah. I do that. And they do that with me. And I think that kind of, uh, oh, I don't know, the fellowship of sharing and suffering um, really emboldens and embodies and, and courage in your life when yeah. you can lean on people who understand what you're going through. Um, I've got a private Facebook page of 35 other chronic pain sufferers Mm. who all live with intractable pain. And they come online and they post the most encouraging essays from um, William Coper to um, Charles Spurgeon to D.L. Moody, John Piper, um, just, just amazing things that inspire and refresh us. And boy, these people are living from one moment to the next, and yet they are persevering. Those are the kind of people that, that inspire me, not necessarily, wow. you know, Billy Graham or, yeah. you know, famous people. It's it's the people who are living out the Word of God where the rubber meets the hard road of their yeah. life, and they, they're the ones who are inspiring me. Wow. Wow. I heard, I heard Elizabeth Elliot say once, actually, I read it in, in a book that she wrote, that she would have never asked for this but she wouldn't trade it for the world either. 
how, how do you, how would you feel about that comment? I know all the things that you have endured in your life and you've gone through, I know you would have never asked for it. I'm sure you saw life going a lot differently, but if you heard that phrase from Elizabeth Elliot and you're looking back on your life, would you say that you wouldn't trade it for the world and why? Uh, I, um, if you had told me when I was 17 years old, Johnny, you've broken your neck, but one day you're going to lead a a worldwide ministry to other people with disabilities, Mm -hmm. and many people will come to Christ, and they'll be encouraged and inspired by your story. I would have said, go, take a (laughs) hike, get out of my hospital room. I don't want to talk to you. I mean, I could never have imagined, even if you had told me back then what would have what would have happened to all of this? I would not have believed you. Would I want to live it over again? Oh, I, <laughs> I the thought alone is way too overwhelming. Oh, no. I, the pain was so great, but now that I'm 52 years beyond that tragic day when I broke the neck, I can say, "Oh God, you were so wise, so good, so gracious." Wow. I mean, I mean, look, look at the joy that. That, that that Jesus, I mean, he endured his cross for the joy yeah. that was set before him. And yet, they hung him on a hook, on a cross, like meat on a hook, slaughtered mm. meat on a hook. And, and, you know, who wants that? No wonder in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he agonized and prayed and begged God, if this cup could pass me, please, wow. because he knew what it would mean. But yet, look at what it's won. God permits what he hates. Uh, to accomplish things that he loves. And God wow. permitted what he hated, the crucifixion of his own precious son, to accomplish something that he loved. Mm. And of course, that's salvation for the whole world. That's right. And God permitted what he hated in my life and in your life, tragedy, just downright, downright you know, guttural yeah. tragedy. Yeah. So that um, something good might have been accomplished through it. And I'm still enjoying and finding out and discovering each and every day hmm. all the many good things that God is doing in my life, doing in my husband's life, um, my church's life, the life of people with disabilities I work with, through it all. But most of all, I, I, again, again, I resonate with Joseph yeah. for the saving of many lives. That's, yeah. that's the cool part. That's so great. John, I know we only have a couple more minutes left with you, and you've been so gracious to be able to give us some time today. Would you take the last couple minutes? And we've never done this with a with an interviewee, but again, this is just, a, I feel like, a kind of a milestone for me. I'm over here in tears the whole time. My wife's looking at me. I'm just like welling up in tears because, Johnny, the, when we started this podcast, I don't know why, but I felt like Lord impressed on me said, what if Johnny Erickson Tata was on this podcast? And I just wrote that down and it was a dream of my, I was like, if, if all people who could share a testimony, how amazing would that be to share a testimony to encourage people and build people's faith? But can I ask you to pray for our listeners as they're listening to this in the last couple minutes that we have with you? Would you do that for us? Oh, ab- absolutely. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Friends listening, um, just join your heart with mine, would you? And you might be despairing, you might be overwhelmed, you might be depressed, you might be, I don't know where you're at in your walk with Christ, but, oh, Jesus, listen to the heartbeat of our friends here, and I pray for them, Lord God, help them to realize that there's no circumstance, no trouble, no testing um, that can ever touch them, ever touch them until, first of all, it's gone past God, mm. and it's gone past you, Jesus Christ, mm. right through to them. And as Alan Ridpath said, if it's come that far, it's come with great purpose. Mm. Lord God, my friends listening don't have to know what the purpose is. 
They just have to trust you. You tell us in your word that you, the God of hope, will fill us mm. with all joy and peace, not just some, but all joy and peace as we trust in you. Would you, Holy Spirit, Spirit of Jesus, yeah. would you energize our friends listening to just trust you? That's where it begins. Just take a step of faith. Just look in the word of God. Find a promise. Hold fast to it. Make it your anchor. And Lord, I pray that tomorrow morning when our friends wake up and they think, I still can't do life. May they also add, but I can do all things to you, Jesus, yeah. as I trust in you. So that's what I'm praying, Lord Jesus, that you will inspire these friends listening to wake up tomorrow morning trusting in you and giving over their lives to you saying, I can't do it. But you can, Lord Jesus, yes. with you, all impossible things are possible. Yeah. And Jesus, if there is someone listening who does not know you, mm. I pray that through the truth that they've heard through this podcast, the resonance ringing in their heart mm. of hope, I pray, Father, will be just enough to push them over the edge and have them place their hands of faith in yours. Yeah. And Father, grab hold of them as they confess their weakness and their need and their sin and their their abject poverty, spiritual poverty, mm. and fill them, fill them with hope, we ask in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Man, Johnny, thank you so much. It's an honor to talk to you. <laughs> an honor. Absolutely, Davey. And, and I, I encourage all our listeners to tell their friends about this podcast yeah. because, uh, they, like me, they will go on your website, Davey, and they'll read your story. And I think they'll be so inspired, mm. so encouraged and refreshed. So uh, friends listening and yourself, Davey, just keep telling the story. Thank you. The old, old story of Jesus That's and his right. love. That's right. Thank you so much, Johnny. Are you still fangirling? I still cannot get over the fact that she was on Nothing Is Wasted podcast. <gasps> oh my gosh. That was so amazing. I felt so, um, so inept while I was talking. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I was just, man. Oh man. I, I loved how, um, Gosh, despite everything, like she wouldn't change anything in yeah. her life. Like she fully believes in a sovereign Lord. And I, when, when Johnny just says the name Jesus, it just yeah. strikes my heart as someone who knows him so well. And yeah. I, you know, I just hear that. I'm like that. He's your best friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man, I cannot, cannot imagine it. Can't fathom it. And I'm so glad that we have a hero like Johnny who is walking this earth and yes. um, is showing us a, 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 a bigger picture of who Jesus is. Um, so Johnny, thank you. Thank you for just yes, blessing us you. like crazy with those words. Um, we also want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing the music. Ryan O'Neill, we appreciate you, man. Uh, you can download his music anywhere music can be downloaded and streamed. And um, yeah, I don't think I want to end this episode because like, it's like, Johnny Erickson Tata. Does oh. it get any better than this? <laughs> it does. Can, the best is yet to come. There's okay. even more. There's even more. In fact, why don't you take a listen to the next episode or a teaser? We're not going to give you the whole thing. We're just going to give you a teaser of the next episode of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Looking back in hindsight, you look at all these different moments. Um, 
Like for instance, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, share some of those with us. My, my sister was 29 when she passed away. And for her 30th birthday, we were going to do a massive, just two week trip. Um, just the two of us going mm. everywhere we wanted to go and just getting this whole experience together. Right before her 29th birthday, she says, Molly, for some reason, I don't want to do anything my 30th. I want to do that trip right now for my wow. 29th. And I was like, this one, this is an elaborate 29th birthday <laughs> You're trip. You're like, this doesn't yeah, make any like, sense. <laughs> not sure if we, like, you can't change your mind next yeah. year. But, and then almost two months later, she passes away. And wow. I get to look at I, all these places I got to go with my sister and all these memories that we had and mm. all these photos that I look at and think about like every day. Wow. And I would have, ne we would not have gotten that if she decided to go on her 30th. And for some reason, like God decided I'm going to just give you this moment. 